that's a start. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's maybe we try with a new episode on this podcast. Um, hi, everyone out there. Um, we are recording now the fifth episode, I think, on this podcast. And we try to talk about a topic regarding the housing and husbandry of our tarantulas. So maybe Kat, what was the idea? I think we were going to talk about if tarantulas care about plastic plants or real plants and their enclosures. True. And the substrate, right? So you said like you are changing some of the substrate and leaf yeah. litter is also a topic. So how do you keep your tarantulas currently and uh, why are you changing it? So I've always kept them on eco-earth because it's cheap and you can get a lot of it at one time. And, you know, I just always kept them on it. But I live in a very humid area, so I get issues with mold, especially in the summer. And I decided to transition to jungle mix, which I think is mostly peat moss. Um, okay. It's it's much I just like it much better. It's it just I don't know. I haven't had any mold issues with them. Uh so I've been like kind of transitioning. I haven't rehoused a lot of old ones, but I'm probably going to be doing that here soon. Because Excellent. I think uh me and Eco Earth are breaking up at this point. <laughs> okay. So what's the structure like of Eco Earth? for all of those who are not from the US. I think it's oh, a common right. product you use, right? Yeah, it's super common here. It's like the most recommended thing. It's just cocoa fiber. Okay, I see. Yeah, there's nothing else really to it as far as I know. But I just feel like... Um, was that your phone interrupting me? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's on mute now. <laughs> Yeah. I just feel like Eco Earth, it's like the most suggested thing. And I think there's a time and a place for Eco Earth, but I don't think tarantulas that need a lot of humidity are the time or the place to use it. <laughs> True, but the Eco Earth always holds its structure for like tarantulas who burrow a lot. Or do you think that's also better in the new substrate you, you're trying to use? I haven't noticed really any difference um, between the two, honestly, with the burrowing aspect. Okay. But I do feel like the jungle mix or the peat moss holds humidity better. And thus probably holds tunnels better. I don't know. It, I, I don't know if it's really that big of a difference, though. I, I, I don't want to yeah. say it is and then it not be. Yeah, it's crazy. I think here... In Europe, generally, a lot of people just buy topsoil uh, from yeah. the supermarket and don't really rely on these uh, reptile specialized substrate mixes. But I think there are quite a few good ones out there if you actually look for them, especially, I think, for the amphibian keepers, like these poison dart frog uh, yeah. keepers and stuff. They have some pretty nice uh, pre-mixed substrate already, which you can purchase. So that might be something... Also for uh, someone who does not like mess with the with its own substrate. But, yeah, I know uh, people here yeah. do the topsoil as well, but I don't really have a yard to store a big bag of it. Like you have to buy that in bulk mostly, yeah, and true. I don't I don't have anywhere to put it. Like I really just don't. So um, maybe one day, 
But another yeah. thing, I kind of don't trust some of it because I don't really know if like some of it's safe. I know there's a few recommended kinds to get, but mm. there's also others that make me a little nervous that they could have like some other chemicals or something inside of them. True. I think that really depends on the country uh, because of the laws and the, the chemistry allowed in these topsoil stuff. So yeah. it's it's hard to make a general suggestion here, I think. Because as you say, maybe you are in a country where there is some high nutrition and chemical stuff allowed in the substrate or in the topsoil. And then the tarantula just might get into a bit of a problem. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Here in Europe, or at least here in Switzerland, we, we always try to uh, buy the topsoil. Once they come in big containers or packs mm -hmm. it's like uh around 40 to 60 liter that's like 15 gallon or something so it's it's manageable but um we also try to go to the forest and then get some uh, substrate or soil from <coughs> from there yeah. but i think that's only possible because we're not in a climate zone where it's where we have these tropical uh how do you say like we don't have any invertebrates living in the soil or substrate in the forest which could harm our tarantulas but when you're in malaysia uh, and you get some uh, substrate from your forest in malaysia then you might get some parasites we can which can actually harm your uh, tarantulas so how is it in the u.s like are i think it really depends on where it? you are um the reason why i don't really like i did recently go to a park and I grabbed mm -hmm. like rocks and stuff for an enclosure a couple enclosures actually and with those I just easily rinsed them off and let them dry for a few days or whatever because I know that that area it's like um they're not treating it with anything it's not like something I would be concerned about but I do live in a populated area so I wouldn't really trust some places just for pesticides not really parasites yeah that's like my biggest concern taking things from outside because it's like I live in a city and you don't really know. Like I know for a fact that people around here spray um, for for and like mosquitoes and stuff or roaches. Mm -hmm. And like we even have like those fog trucks that go around and spray for mosquitoes because like we have like West Nile here sometimes and stuff that will spread through mosquitoes. And so yeah, that so. really makes me nervous to like go take like, you know, some sticks or something I can't really wash Absolutely. and put it in an enclosure. That's like more concerning yeah. to me than a parasite right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing I've thought about in this moment, actually, but that's kind of true. Same with the chemicals you can buy uh, from topsoil. Different yeah. country have different measurements to yeah, handle the situation outside for mosquitoes and stuff. So, yeah. Certainly and I'm just like sure. really paranoid about that kind of like contamination with my animals. It just always like really concerns me to make sure that things I put in there are mm -hmm. not going to harm them. So I think sometimes I play it a little too safe by buying the products made specifically that are usually marked up because, you know, like Eco Earth and Jungle Mix and all the products that they market towards us are way overpriced. True. But I will pay that price just to know that it's going to be safe mm. it's just crazy but with the plants yeah you you mentioned that 
apply on with leaf litter and stuff. You're getting plant uh, stuff inside of your enclosure, but living plants and plastic plants, how do you feel about that? So that's another thing I've been like kind of changing slowly over the past few months. And like, I, I still have like some plastic plants that I bought that I'll probably end up using here and there, but I'm not really like buying plastic plants anymore. Not because the tarantulas, I, I don't think that they care that much. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but personally, like, I just want to try to like not waste so much and like mm-hmm. contribute to like throwing plastic away and, and stuff like that. I just want to really like limit my use on plastic in general. Like I don't even buy plastic straws. I don't, when I go somewhere to get a drink, I never will take the straw because I've switched to like biodegradable ones. I'm just like Mm -hmm. really trying to limit it in all aspects of my life. And so I think of course with my animals, that would be like a good thing to also um, limit when I can for earth's sake. But also, I'm sure the tarantulas, like, maybe they will appreciate uh, at least leaf litter and moss because I know I'm not going to kill <laughs> yeah. that. I'm not sure about plants yet, but um, I'm not too yeah. confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there are quite a few plants you actually can't really destroy. Uh, that's, what they, I, that's what I've been They told, need yeah. so, yeah, so the care is just on such a low level of... Uh, interaction needed for the plant to grow that you could actually do it easily i think um but it's also at the same time you have a a natural uh humidity going on in the whole enclosure which Mm -hmm. is probably easier to manage especially for the tarantulas uh, from tropical countries so it might be something you could try in the future um, but yeah. you're you're going there. I th- I see it. It's like with it's, leaf it's, litter it's and moss and someone. Yeah. yeah, that's. But it's great. I think it's completely different in the U.S. than in Europe. In Europe, everyone tries to have these real plants, and it's basically mm-hmm. reptile amphibian driven, and everyone just has these uh, extremely amazing plant tanks. But it takes a lot of effort and work uh, yeah. to to have the plants alive, and then you also need to make sure that the tarantula or the amphibian is still alive so uh yeah it's somewhat of a nice indicator to have that when your plants are thriving you know the tarantula is doing well too yeah so that's why i'm trying to use as much and often plants as possible but still there are so many differences and i have certain species which don't go well uh, with plants, with real plants, especially when you want to breed them at one point because with the simulation of the climate and maybe a drier period to like get them to make their exec, it's like the plants will die off because you mm-hmm. can't really water the tank. You have to wait uh, one, two, three months and this amount of time is just too long um, for the plant to survive. So, But in that case plastic plants would still imitate the look of the forest and you will also have or always have a, a green tank in front of you yeah uh, so yeah they're just depends i did notice with uh the plastic plants that i use they usually become a part of the enclosure as in they get drug into their burrows and stuff like that okay. sorry somebody's being loud um 
But I noticed that plastic plants a lot of the time become a part of their burrows. And uh, I'm not sure how a real plant would go because they might destroy it. Yeah, it really depends. Also, of course, the leaf litter is like most of the time incorporated. But I have one occasion of a uh, tarantula, the Ephibopus murinos, the skeleton tarantula from uh, French Guyana and Suriname. And the whole enclosure was actually full of this really nice ficus plant. It has a quite small uh, leaf, but it's just all over it. And she wept that much that the whole plant died off because of the webbing and the silk. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, it can happen. And now I have an extremely ugly enclosure. <laughs> Tarantula is happy, but it's just brown underneath. You have this whole yeah. webbing uh, because she webbed up everything, which this species would never do in the wild. But let's be honest, they do not behave like they're living in the wild. So at one yeah. point she finds out that she's in an area which or where she can just silk everything up to, to their liking. And in the end, the plant just dies off because there's no place for the plant left so yeah i think it it really depends also on the size of course of the enclosure uh, but also of the the species so i think the monocentropus balfuri the socotrum blue tarantula they web so much and they have such an arid dry climate it's not easy with with plants for that species yeah I haven't kept that species, so I'm not really sure. But I, I do have an Emerinus, and mine also is a Weber. She does not dig. I gave her mm-hmm. a good, I think, it, like five or so inches of substrate. It, I gave her, like, enough to do something, and she never has. I've had her for a few years, but she's just always, like, webbed up like crazy. So I'm sure if I ever tried a real plant with her, it would end the same way. Yeah. Most likely. But what what plants i really like uh recently are the bromeliads mm-hmm. like the, the epiphytes um which do not or which are not placed on on the ground and now i can just place them a little bit higher up and uh yeah when i do a drier zone uh, or a drier period of time the the bromeliads actually are not affected because i can always water them uh, without interrupting the substrate uh, moisture. So I will try to use more of the, the bromeliads. They're really kind of nice because, yeah, it looks like in a in a rainforest. Yeah, that's awesome. Next topic, feeders. What are we are going to feed our tarantulas or not? Yeah. Um, there was a recent story you said or... Exotic Slayer put a video out regarding um, the crickets, which were infested with a parasite. Yeah. Uh, So I heard of that before, that also in Europe, on some occasions, uh, the crickets behaved strangely. And when you Mm -hmm. fed them to tarantulas, they also behaved strangely. But to my knowledge, I've never seen any reasonable... Uh, or scientific explanation on that it was just like there could have been so many different uh how do you say like indicators or or uh triggers uh which could have released uh that behavior and it was not possible to tackle it down back to the cricket 
I was just like everyone thought it could be the crickets, but of course it could also have been the water or anything else which might have changed, and you 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 are not able to see what's inside the water or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly a very very interesting topic because a lot of people are using different types of insects for their tarantulas. Mm-hmm. So what what are you like your your ideas or your thoughts on on this? topic so basically it seems like crickets have like a really bad rep in the hobby feeding wise like giving them to tarantulas they're rumored to carry all kinds of parasites and they're very stinky so that's a good reason to not want them yeah but um i noticed that uh exotic slayer had had issues with his crickets and um now, whenever I feed crickets, a lot of people will bring up the issue with me and say, why are you feeding your tarantulas crickets? Because Exotic Slayer had issues with his crickets and stuff like that, mm. um, which I've, you know, he's a friend of mine. So we've spoke about this like a lot. But um, if, as long as like the source you're getting the crickets from is a good source, then I feel like you can feed crickets and trust that it's going to be safe. I personally, they're not my favorite feeder by any means because they do stink and they also uh, have a tendency to bite. Um, We know that keepers have lost tarantulas to um, cricket bites or being in a vulnerable state after a molt and getting eaten by crickets and stuff like that. It happens. So they're not my first choice, but I think that they can be a safe choice in the right circumstances. And especially if you get them from like a, a source that is more trustworthy um mm. and it's going to be different in every area you know yeah absolutely yeah but i also try to not feed uh, a lot of crickets because as you mentioned there are stories of uh, tarantulas getting eaten literally eaten um, by crickets uh, especially when they're molting so when i i feed uh the crickets to my tarantulas i always make sure that they are grabbed instantly and that there are no wandering crickets around um because that happened more than than one time to my my knowledge but uh i yeah. try to use roaches as as often as possible so i really like the the red runner roaches i think they're called mm-hmm. uh, the the lateralis roaches yeah i really like them but they are pest roaches and depending on the country you are it's just not possible to keep them because i think it probably suits your place very well with the humidity and everything it's probably way too hot and uh, there's just no chance that you can actually have a colony of them uh, in your house because when some of them get loose it's like you just have them in your house and then that's a huge issue so yeah roaches are also not my favorite (laughs) i really (laughs) don't i i especially don't like dubia i do have some and i do feed them occasionally but i mainly feed them to my bearded dragon because Mm -hmm. they're not going to burrow in his enclosure like they can't but like in tarantulas they burrow like yep true and so you have to like smash the head and stuff and i just i always feel bad (laughs) yeah no i just feed them right to the tarantula when she grabs it then it's okay Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, yeah, as you mentioned, they just dig down in the substrate and you're not really seeing them. But 
the lateralis roaches, the red runners, they're just they don't do that, around. yeah. Yeah, and they especially like them for the arboreal ones or the smaller <clears> ones <throat> like the avicularia, the pink toe tarantulas. I really like like them because they're just, yeah yeah they breed Those nonstop. The you also have a food source. Uh, yeah. They eat everything you pour in them, and then you have healthy uh, a healthy food source for your tarantulas. Yeah, I was going to say the arboreal ones are the ones I usually will feed crickets to because mm-hmm. the roaches and the superworms, the first thing they're going to do is try to burrow. And I've definitely had superworms burrow without me knowing and then turning into a beetle. Fortunately, I haven't had any incidents with that happening. I've just taken the beetle out, but that's happened to me at least like twice with arboreal tarantulas. Yeah. So it's just really frustrating uh, <laughs> to figure out what they can eat. My favorite right now, though, to feed the arboreals, especially, uh, are the hornworms, though, because the hornworms, they, they will burrow to turn into a moth, but usually they walk around for a while and they'll get okay. grabbed up. Yeah, we don't have them here in Europe, but they're yeah. beautiful to look at. <laughs> I know, they are. I, yeah. I have some right now. I'm so, like, I always look at them and I'm just like, oh, they're so pretty, but my tarantulas <laughs> just love them. Oh. Yeah, so I just looked up the video again uh, because I left a comment on Exotic Slayer's video and I actually wrote something that I was not really sure if the cricket was the problem because regarding his specimen um, it looked very how do you say like the abdomen looks very leathery and it had wobbles in it and the behavior is like she's just walking a little bit and what I wrote was two weeks ago that I've seen this before in a tarantula which was not able to molt properly. Oh, no. So I had exactly this behavior with this with this look of the tarantula, especially on the abdomen, um, where like the whole structure is like she's ready to molt, but uh oh, I lost you. Really, someone called. Yeah, I did. Oh, I lost you. Dang it. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, Apple. He's like transferring the whole call to my iPad. Uh, But anyway, I just mentioned that I've seen this exact behavior at least three or four times in my own collection. And I heard from other people's that the tarantula, just a look of it with this leathery abdomen and the strange behavior. I had this when the tarantula was not properly able to molt so at one time i also had the fact that the carapace was already lifted so if she was shedding at one point and the carapace was broken up and you can see the the new carapace underneath but she was walking around um somewhat struggling and and not able to molt so I'm not sure if this whole behavior was from a cricket. I, I don't know how many incidents he had to be sure that it was from a cricket. Yeah. But uh, of course, everything is possible. Um, oh, I know. It yeah, would not so be hard. the first time yeah, that, so that some, some feeder. Yeah, definitely. 
and I, I I know that he had like some other issues as well. So I mean, it could it could be. I, yeah, I absolutely. Really, yeah, sure. I, I have no idea, but it's just because of. And I even told him I was like, now everybody's gonna come and yell at me for using cricket. <laughs> yeah, there are a few hundred thousand people now uh, but, probably thinking that crickets are not the best food source. But, but I mean, that's good because they they aren't the best food source. It is true they can carry parasites. That that is probably like uh one of the main reasons people don't want to use them but really you heard that that's that's what um that's what people say so i i don't know everybody says that roaches are the best cleanest option surprisingly so with with roaches i had a lot of problems with mites well that's what i was thinking too because i do have some hissing cockroaches and i don't use them as feeders but they always have like mites on them like yeah but with the hissing ones that's different the hissing cockroaches they have a symbiosis with mites and that's a different type of mite yeah that's that's very interesting yeah but But i had with lateralis roaches a huge problem with uh with mites because at one point they grow so fast because of the heat and then you feed something with um how do you say too much moisture in it and then the whole enclosure where they're in it's just too hot and humid mm-hmm. and then with no within no time you have so many mites everywhere and you can't really feed them because the mites oh. will transfer to your tarantula at one point so it's not oh. a huge deal when you have a few tarantula a few mites on a tarantula but uh, when it when they're outnumbered when it, uh, like yeah that, when yeah. it accesses the whole thing then it's it's just not good yeah so yeah we definitely roaches, should do of, yeah. we should definitely do an episode where we talk about the the mites because a lot of people uh like the travelers mites that pretty much exist in yeah. most collections you know people freak out about those we should really talk about that sometime but yeah, yeah it's so so complex <laughs> yeah so complex so there's so many yeah there's so many different <laughs> types of mites and uh, let's be honest we don't really know which is which and there's so many mites out there but there are arachnids at one point so we can basically cover them (laughs) but uh, yeah but yeah so i don't know i do think crickets are stinky i do believe that Exactly. Definitely had some issues with his stinky crickets there i know he's scared of roaches though so that's kind of fun well He's afraid of the wild roaches, and so am I. I don't like wild roaches. <laughs> <laughs> really? But when they're yeah. in your enclosure, then it's fine. As long as they're in an enclosure or being eaten by something, then it's all right. Okay. But the wild roaches, I'm not, oh, there was a dead one that I saw yesterday, and I was freaking out, and my husband was like, I wish I could record you and show everyone how scared <laughs> you are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it depends on the location where the roach is at. I don't uh, like wild roaches in the kitchen or anything, so that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, maybe we can meet up for another podcast episode. If the audience yeah. out there is interested in it, just let us know. Just go to Cat's YouTube page, Tarantula Cat, and leave a comment. That we should do more of these episodes and maybe invite some <laughs> guests, right? So yeah, we are. I think we, we have something planned. Somebody, yep. Should be yeah. fun. Cat has a good idea, and uh, the next episode, or maybe the one of the next episodes, will feature a guest, definitely. Yeah. So, sure. yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, we just need to get back in the swing of things. It's just a crazy time. So. <laughs> <laughs> True, and that's actually just 
something the people will uh, hear when they listen to the whole podcast because now I think we're already finishing it, right? So yeah. the last few minutes, anything else we want to tell? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. And Thanks just... for listening. Thank you guys and, for listening. Uh, Send us your ideas and have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers.